You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. We know that SA Inc. has been on a tearaway lately and specifically many of our small caps are rising like the proverbial phoenix from the ashes, which is certainly something that Vanessa Van Feeren, Portfolio Manager and Equity Analyst at Sunlum Investments, uh, agrees with. She noted in her presentation, speaking at the 2021 BCI Digital Investment Conference, exactly that, that we're seeing this revival in South Africa's small cap stocks. Vanessa, welcome. Firstly, how do you define small cap? Cool. Thank you. Hi, Michael. Um, Thanks for having me on the show. It's a question we get so much, and there isn't a strict definition on the cutoff for a small cap. Um, I mean, basically, the JSC organizes the, the, um, the the general JSC also index into the small cap index, the mid cap index, and the um, top 40. And the small cap index can range, I think the biggest small cap index is around a, say, a 10 billion rand market cap, round about there, um, all the way down to uh, maybe a couple of billion rand. So it's yeah. anything in that range officially. Right. So uh, always nice to know what we're talking about here when we do say small caps. That is generally the range, give or take uh, one or two billion, maybe here or there. The headline question is obviously why now? Because for the last 10 years, and I know several value managers, uh, Andrew Vincent at Klukas Gray, bless his soul. I mean, he was saying to me, Michael, trust me, the small caps are going to come back. And, uh, and true as Bob, they did over the last 12 months. Why has the small cap phoenix risen like the proverbial phoenix? So, I mean, I think it could be a confluence of factors. I mean, I think number one, if you look at the 12-month period that we are currently indexing, it is you are taking a very low point in the market into account. So we've had the COVID hit, which happened last year, and obviously that debased the market significantly. Um, and it also hit small and mid-caps very aggressively. So um, so there's that impact. And, and then the secondary side of it is just, in my personal opinion, it's just that the area of the market just got too cheap. So, um, I mean, as, as you know, your other commentators have said, it's been neglected for, I would agree, close to a decade. Um, and at some point, you know, this is how investments work, the cycle turns. And I think that the valuations themselves just absolutely fell out of kilter completely. I mean, you can buy, you could buy shares at absolutely rock bottom levels, um, in relation to whether it's networking capital or net asset value, et cetera. There were just such big discounts to be had. And I, I think it's a combination of the rebound in the markets of global equity markets generally, and then just the big valuation opportunity in small caps. And hopefully that if we can get a recovery going forward, that that is, is also starting to be priced in a little bit more than the dire backdrop we've had. Mm-hmm. What do you see South Africa's post-pandemic economic landscape offering in terms of conditions for small to even mid-cap stocks in South Africa with a specific focus to the, the local economy? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult question because I always caution my clients and, and those interested in the space that we are not out of the woods yet in terms of the economic backdrop. Um, so what you see now is you're seeing you've had a very deep drawdown in, in GDP growth, and we're going to see a mathematical rebound in, in growth, anything in the region of you know, forecasts of sort of 3 to 5%. Um, and then the following year, we should get another rebound. But we're still under pre-COVID levels. And if you look beyond that, the, the, this, all the structural challenges are still in place in the South African economy. So we know that we've got big issues around the political framework, um, high issues around inequality in our society, structural issues of unemployment. All those factors continue to hold our growth trajectory down. So while I'm optimistic about the valuation that sits in our space, I think that the economic forecast beyond the recovery we have from just the, the drop in GDP last year 
it's still a little bit precarious. And I do caution investors on that front, that they need to be aware of that risk. Yeah, certainly a future-facing risk. But what we did speak about prior to that was really just a catch-up where the valuation levels were so rock bottom. I mean, to Benjamin Graham's uh, point, there was a significant margin of safety in these small caps. That margin's probably eroded a little bit now, though. Where do you still potentially see value within that universe of, of small caps on the JSC? Yeah, so that's a very good point. I mean, I think your, your, your low-hanging fruit and your easy pickings definitely have, have been won. But keep in mind that there was another 30 to 40% drop in the beginning of last year. So there was clawing back that and then a little bit some more. Um, I think it's a little bit more tricky now. So you have to make sure that you are understanding the, the, the economic sensitivity of the companies you're investing in. And what we're looking for now is we're looking for companies that have obviously come out of this process of what's happened with COVID um, fairly strong, their balance sheets are strong, their business models are robust, they've managed to survive this very tough environment, and, and, and that they have some sort of story embedded in the valuation that market's not picking up. So it, it's a little bit more tricky. It's not a general slam dunk. You can buy any small cap and make money, I think. I think you need to do the work. And you need to understand the companies. But we still see a lot of opportunities in, in our universe that we've, we've actually analyzed and we can see the upside in those companies um, on, on a case-by-case basis. Right. Uh, and there's, an, there's a flip side to this as well, which I want to come to, and that's deed listings. Because in an environment where you are seeing value, certainly we see foreign buyers coming into our market and making bids for uh, some of our small cap gems because of those valuations and, and betting that they could probably, if you're a private equity fund, exit at a significant uh, times money multiple or IRR over a seven to 10 year period. But I want to focus firstly on, on the, the Sim Small Cap Fund. And uh, not often that I punt a fund on the show, but if you look at what you've returned, uh, a disappointing five-year return that you had, you're chipping away at that. You've had a 20% surge over the last quarter, 46% over the half year, 70% in the year to, to end March. So a really phenomenal performance that. What is your investment strategy really grounded in? Okay, so um, I would say the first point of call for us is our research process. So um, we obviously we, we've invested in a dedicated focused um, analysis of the small and mid cap area of the market. We have a couple of us in the team that just focus on that. And, and the rest of our team actually does a couple of one or two mid caps and small caps here or there. So, um, so the equity process is set up to analyze our end of the market, which already is, I think, a differentiation from the broader market where they, they can maybe ignore small caps because they think it's irrelevant or the market caps are too small or it's illiquid. Mm. So I think that's the bedrock of what we do is we actually understand the companies we invest in. We do the same level of detailed research that you would do for a cup 40 share. And, and that's, that's the most critical part for me. So that when you're investing in companies, you're understanding that what they do to make money and you're not just making high-level decisions. Um, and, and that forms the basis of how we select stocks. We don't do it top-down. We do it bottom-up. And we analyze the companies and we then select from that basis compared to what we believe the companies are, are actually worth. And then we apply, obviously, an overlay, an economic overlay, macroeconomic overlay to check those kinds of risks, et cetera. Um, but effectively, the process is grounded in fundamental research and be very close to our investments um, and understanding the companies that we buy. It's, uh, there's no escaping that the analysts who go and kick the bricks, attend the AGMs, ask the questions of the management teams are the ones that over the longer term uh, always outperform. And it's hard work. It's uh, good old-fashioned research. We don't see enough of it, sadly, in a space that has been neglected over the last decade. Now, I, I want to come back to my earlier question around delistings. 
the JSE is the 19th largest stock exchange in the world. It's the largest in Africa. It's got a market cap of around 17 trillion rand, more than three times the GDP of the country. But the JSE has been under some pressure over the last decade or so. A number of listings on the bourse dropping to around 340. It's roughly half of what we saw uh, around the year 2000, 2001. Is this a concern for you? It is definitely 100% a concern. Um, and because what you typically tend to see, and it's interesting that, that, that you bring up a point, because for me it's also symptomatic of where we were at in the cycle. So usually at the back end of a very brutal cycle, you get the delistings and the exits from the listed environment, whether it's takeouts, corporate takeouts, or companies just getting tired of not being recognized on the market and saying, well, we'll rather buy ourselves out and get off the exchange. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you've seen that, um, just given that the very tough cycle we've been through. Um, and, and at the end of the day, the problem for us is, um, I mean, I always, I always use the analogy of the small cap side of the market is like the nursery for the, the JSE, effectively. Yeah. It's rearing your future large cap companies and your future mid cap companies. So if you're losing companies at that level, it's very problematic. And, you know, we're losing companies at many levels, but particularly on the smaller, smaller side. And, and also because there just is a lack of interest in terms of capital being provided for these companies. Often when they want to do rights issues, people don't support it, et cetera. Um, so it really is a concern, um, and I'm hoping that the performance in small caps just changes some investors' minds out there who then start to pay more attention to the space, and it gets the attention it just uh, it deserves. Mm. Um, and maybe that will change this trend on mm. on the smaller end of the market. But I think at this point in the cycle, with the bargains to be had, you will continue to see um, people looking for opportunities and and looking to delist shares. And and it's something we need to we need to hope to encourage that new stock come onto the market to replace that over time. Yeah, it, it is cyclical to your earlier point, though. And maybe this yeah. uh, period that we're going through marks an inflection point uh, from that uh, cycle of the last 10 years to uh, a far more optimistic, hopeful and, and bullish cycle. We just need to sort out so many of the own goals, the ESCOMs, the, the, the corruption scandals around uh, health ministers, William Kesey. All of that just sucks confidence. The Competition Commission and its daft ruling around uh, Burger King and Grand Parade. I mean, that that isn't rolling out the welcome mat to investors and foreign investors in particular. And what we need to do is see more capital flowing into the economy, into our markets to grow opportunities and grow jobs and all of those good things. Just as we end off, though, Vanessa, give us a couple of gems that are on your radar in the small cap uh, space. Sure. Okay, now you're putting me on the spot, Michael. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, sure. I mean... Look, I mean, our top 10 is, is out there in the public domain, so investors can know what our ideas are. But, I mean, to give you a sense, I mean, we like companies that we think have got an opportunity where um, the market is completely neglecting them, but we think that there's a lot of value. So if I just have a look in my top 10, um, something like a Blue Label Telecoms, which has got a lot of negative press over the years, um, has been a stock that we're holding for a while. We still think there's a lot of upside there. Um, we've we've got our number one holding, Renogen, which I've also punted for many years and have had a bit of a nice bounce in it in the last 12 months, but I still think there's a lot in it. Um, it's a natural gas play and a helium play, another great idea, which I think there's still lots of value. And then some smaller ideas that are neglected, companies like Sea Harvest Group, uh, Signia. These are small companies with strong franchises that are values not being recognized by the market. Um, and they still underpriced, and they 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 still offer um, they still offer good value to investors. So, 
I think there are ideas out there, and, and it's definitely demonstrated, hopefully, in our picks, and, and we just hope that they come through in time. Absolutely. Renegen's one that I like. Uh, Stefano Marani doing a great job with that one, taking it through the production curve. And it's not just about helium beer. Helium is uh, such an interesting uh, gas uh, and doing a lot of in- innovation with that cryovac, uh, uh, which is uh, used to transport vaccines at very low temperatures. Vanessa Van Vieren, Portfolio yes. Manager and Equity Analyst at Salom Investments. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate the time. Thanks.